0: Hey everybody, this is Team Overtalk This is going to be our episode 3 It's been a while since we started I am your host, Rev I'm joined with my co-host, Fancy and Vin Go ahead guys, say what's up Hi guys
1: Hello How's everyone?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, um We have been away way too long. (laughs) I mean, the holidays came around, and a couple of us had some weird schedule changes, and we have just not been able to get back on track, but we are here tonight, and we are here to talk about Overwatch League for sure, because that just started, and we are excited about that. Uh, We're also going to talk about Open Division, because we both have teams in Open Division that are playing, and we're learning a lot, that's for sure. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Mercy and Junkrat changes that are on the way. Am I right, guys? I got that right? Am I missing anything? Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: All right. So uh, I know we're all a little hesitant about joining the Overwatch Open Division, right? But we went ahead and did it. So what are your guys' thoughts about what we're trying to get out of this for your team, Vin? And then Fancy, what do you want to see happen for our team?
2: Well for our team, we just went in and we wanted to just see how we compared against everyone else, you know? Main thing, it was to have fun, it was to enjoy it, that basic kind of thing. Uh, we, we went in knowing that we weren't going to win, and we went in there knowing that getting one or two wins out of the entire uh, open season, we'd be happy with that. Heck, we'd probably be happy with just getting one. Because the competition is very stiff, so just kind of seeing where we stand against the rest of the teams out there was our main goal.
1: Yeah. Fancy. It's kind of the same goal as Vin. Um, I know my guys really wanted to do this and I was a bit hesitant because I knew (laughs) that we were going up against these crazy like grandmasters. And, you know, the funny thing is we actually have gone up against, you know, people that are the same SR as us, which is like mid plat to diamond. So it's been kind of cool. But my main goal, and I think everyone's main goal on my team, was just to get a learning experience from it. Um, and I think it, after the weeks are over and after Overwatch Open Division is over, I think the team will be better because of it. Because we'll have learned strats. We're you know we're really taking this as serious as possible so we can try to get strats down and try, try to um, just get our teamwork flowing and get everything going. And yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Rev. Can you, well, you can you fix I, I, that for me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, man, you're good, brother. You're good with what that. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, I will say this though: I think the biggest thing that we've taken away from it as a team so far, and I can't speak for you, Vin, because <clears> I'm you know that's your guys' thing, but we have been learning uh, a lot about what we do wrong, which is great. Um, we actually also found out that against. Platinum and even Diamond teams, we tend to wreck the shit out of them. Uh, I mean, all I mean, I, we really did. Like both the teams that we went, I mean, that's not going to be every team, but I, I, we wrecked them hard. And then last week, we were actually playing against a master and with a master team with a grandmaster on their team, and our guys actually were doing really strong against them. So that was a kind of a nice surprise. But overall, we have a long way to go and. I'm really enjoying the open division for the fact that it's really pointing out a lot of flaws. Um, so, but it's good flaws, you know, because you can, there are things that you can fix and get better off of. So I think open division really is like we said, just like a really good learning experience to see where you are as an individual on the team, as well as where your team needs to go. So but anyways, <laughs> that's my thoughts on it. Plus at the end of the thing, we all get like a $10 gift card, that we can use to, to buy loot boxes and stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Can't go wrong without those loot boxes. I need all the skins. All the skins that are coming up. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for them to release. It's going to be awesome. Oh, that is going to be awesome. I'm really excited. I'm excited about the new
0: map, too. Uh, I mean, we, we, we can get into that once it comes out. I, I know I, I want to talk about it, but we'll, we'll talk about that maybe next week. Because hopefully next week the, the new map might be released so we can actually it's play It's supposed to be on. opening the
1: 22nd. <laughs> so that is... I believe that's next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, it's next week, so yeah, we can talk about our our thoughts on that. That'll be a good good idea to talk about. Um, So, with that said, the other thing before we get—I know everyone's getting Overwatch League, so do I—but I want to talk about the Junkrat changes and Mercy changes. Do you guys think that they're needed? Do you think that they're too harsh? Do you think they're not harsh enough? What are your thoughts? Well.
2: I don't know necessarily about the Junkrat, about what it's
0: going to do, whether it's good or bad.
2: In my opinion, I kind of think it's good because he's already overused, and he's a main staple in the meta, which I don't feel any character in the meta should be. And the same thing with Mercy. it's She's a staple. However, when you, when you nerf Mercy, I think this entire meta is changing. Because, honestly, how the teams are able to run it, people like McCree, and... That that character type that really requires a pocket in order to do well. Like you want to look at how the pros run teams. When you have a McCree, you have to have that mercy pocketing. That's just he's just a squishy mm-hmm. character. He's out in the open. He's easy to kill. And although he can create an absolute mess of damage, he's he has to be built around. That's the entire truth. He is someone that you have to have the other five members completely build around him. And with this Mercy King, yeah. no longer have that advantage of having that double res and that instant res, I should say, where you can just come on up. And, I mean, Valkyrie still going to be great, and I still think a Valkyrie can make or break a team fight like it does now. But it won't be the same, and I feel like it will take some of the characters like McCree out of contention. And that's what I'm really worried about.
0: Yeah, It might. I mean, plus you got Farrah, too. Uh, I, 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 again with the Mercy stuff because I, mean, I play a lot of Mercy um, she's not my favorite character right now mainly because unfortunately because of what we're talking about the meta I end up getting forced to play her way too much um, but again like everybody thinks that this is going to be like oh my gosh she's going to be completely useless I'm not saying you think that because you clearly didn't say that because Valk is really powerful um, but I definitely think it's going to change the way Mercy has to be used again Um, But it needs to be done because, as much as I enjoy getting those multiple reses, it it can definitely be a little too overpowering. I mean, it's literally, it it turns a a 6v6 into a potential 8v6, you know, because I come out there, I do a lot of damage, you kill me, all of a sudden I'm back up again, and you're still at like a quarter of your health. So, guess what? You're done. So, but a lot of people are wanting her to get, you know, either completely reworked and like no res, but I, I I think that her, her kit still has a place. I, I think they just got to really figure out what that place is and how it should be used because nobody likes to feel like, Oh my God, I just got this awesome, you know, alt and I just killed like two, three people. And all of a sudden here comes mercy, bringing it back to the people I killed and pretty much making what I did almost completely null. Nobody enjoys that except the mercy, wow. <laughs> but and and that's the problem. And, and again, like I'd like to, s- I'd love to see a little bit more Lucio and Anna back in play. And I'd love to see them do some more stuff with Anna. So this, I think, definitely will be a start in the right direction. And I, I do think that it will change the meta. Along with they've been saying that this new character they're going to release is also going to be a part of that change. So I am interested to see what happens with that too. So well. We can the- I, I'd What's love that?
1: to input my thoughts on Mercy, considering I've been a Mercy yes, main for wrong, quite a while. Too a, long, right? <laughs> a Mercy Main that never wanted to be a Mercy Main. <laughs> That's my yeah, role. Same
0: here, man. Same here.
1: Um I think what they should do is just what bring her back to what how she was back in the olden days. Because you can kill her, right? It was easy to kill a Mercy that was flying in for a res, all right? It's not that hard to kill a Mercy when she's flying in for a res. And I think that's what they really need to go back to because they've changed her so much. And it's it's just so difficult because you always have to – you have to relearn her, then you have to relearn her, then you have to relearn her. And it's – I definitely think that they've lost a lot of players just because of that reason, that they keep changing her. This one specific character that, yeah. that so many people main. And, I, you know, I think eventually people are just going to get tired of, like, well, they keep changing my character. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I love Mercy, but I I can't play her if she's going to be changed all the time. And, um, you know, the res is just – it's part of her. It's not going away. It's always going to be part of Mercy's kit. Um, and so what they're doing with it is interesting. You know, it's kind of like – it's hindering. I like it and I don't like it. Um I like it yeah. because it will provide. I think they need to buff. If they're gonna do that, then they need to buff Valkyrie a little bit more. Make it, maybe make the healing and damage output a little bit more. Maybe don't take away her flight. You know her really fast flying. I don't think. You know I think it's too much at the moment. I think that taking away that re- yeah. the two instant reses is far too much. It just won't make her fun to play anymore. Because, you know, you and you can't even fly that fast anymore. Like, no, that's not going to work. Um, so that's my feelings yeah. on that.
0: My, my thing is if they're going to get rid of the two reses, maybe make it to where she can't res while she's Valken. And then she keeps the speed she's at. And then when she's Valken, it's all about keeping your people alive. Which then would change the, when you use Valk. Instead of wait until people go down.
1: Oh, that's what it's going to be, Rev. That's what it's going to change into. That's yeah. all it's gonna be now. But
0: Yeah, but well you still can use the res, but it's just I don't you know, like my thing is maybe like you said, keep, keep her boosted where she's at with the Valk, but don't let her res during that time if you're gonna be that way with it. I'd rather I'd rather her keep her speed boost and be able to like keep everybody like up and doing mm-hmm. stuff rather than rather than uh, only having all these all these punishments and still only getting one res. You know what I'm saying? So Making sure she can't res during that time.
1: Yeah, these are just Mercy mains knocking about, talking about it. We could go on and on and on.
2: Well, one thing thing I really want to touch on first that I think, um, because I'm not the Mercy main, a lot of what I like to do is just watch. And so I like to watch Overwatch League, obviously. And how this ties in is I noticed that with the Mercy as it is, the, the game is super high paced. I watched this back. From when it very first started, I watched Apex and all those other smaller leagues when they played. You know, Team Envious was my team I loved before they became the fuel. Like that's that's who I watched, and I loved watching it, and that was back when Mercy was never played in the meta. And when they finally switched her, the game sped up. Because now all of a sudden you can have these DPS's that come in and alt management with the DPS is huge because you can get two kills, like you said, and someone comes and completely nullifies it. Well, it creates this ultimate economy that will swing completely. And it speeds up the game because kill, kill, well, res, res. Then they can flip back and forth. And all of a sudden, it's so hectic. And as a spectator, it's sometimes even hard to follow because so much is happening at once. Well, in the old days, every single pick meant something that was so pivotal that it just slowed the game down.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, honestly... I feel like they should have waited to do this next change until after they release the new character. Because the way I look at it, if they're planning on this character completely changing the meta anyways, and that's, that's the talk, you know, big, big daddy, Jeff said it himself that this new character is going to change the meta completely. Well, why not wait and see how that affects mercy before you go and do these, all these other changes. Cause you've already changed her like what, two, three times. And then we're going to do it another time. And then also we're going to bring out a new character that may completely change the gameplay anyways. Uh, and like you said, Mercy, I, I, as much as people like complain about her, I agree with you. I, I haven't really thought about it that way, but I agree with you. It does change the pace of the game, and it does make it faster. It does make really awesome – I feel like it opens up room for more awesome plays to happen, and we've seen it in Overwatch League. You know, it's 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 kind of crazy, like some of the things you hear. You hear the, the people go crazy, <laughs> and there's usually a, a, a Mercy falcon in the middle of it all. <laughs> so uh, I really wish they kind of would have waited on these changes here just so we could have seen what's going to happen next before we go in and do this, you know. But it is what it is, and we will see how this goes. We'll see how this plays out. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad. Uh, I don't know really who you're going to put in to replace mercy if you like nerf it to the point where she's not as useful because anna she can't be as effective as she used to be lucio he's not as effective as he used to be so then what moron is in and i just i don't see that being as useful as a mercy even if they nerf her she's just she's mercy <laughs> but i mean do you guys have any other thoughts on this
1: mm.
0: are we good to go we get the junk rat
1: changes I'm so glad he's getting a little bit of a nerf because I can't tell you how many times I played <laughs> energy and every time I died to the junkrat because he he does his mine in a, my general direction doesn't even matter where I deflect <laughs> every time I deflect and I get killed by a junkrat so thank the lords
0: well la- last night I was playing on a team with Cal. a junkrat on the enemy team threw a grenade at me right or gr- threw a grenade at us didn't touch Kel, but somehow magically killed me. And Kel was literally standing right on top of me, and he was cracking up. And I'm like, these junk bombs are just so random all over the damn place. Like, and they just you know, all it takes is one good bomb, and you're screwed. Yeah. It, it's frustrating. So I think the nerf will definitely be useful. And I think, and with that said, a lot of people sit there and say that Junkrat is anybody can play Junkrat. I I'm terrible junk Junkrat. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't understand why everybody thinks everybody can play it. I can't. I, I think it's the same thing with like Mercy. Some people say, "Oh, everybody can play Mercy," and again, we know that that's not necessarily true because it's a different type of skill set um, that re- that's required for like each one of these characters. So, uh, I am impressed with the way some of these junk rats do perform, but sometimes it's just like that was completely random. It's bullshit. I shouldn't have died to that. <laughs> but speaking of bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go straight into Overwatch League now. I think we've like beat this this topic into a dead horse. Like we always. And do. I'm excited to, yeah, like we always do. But I'm really excited to see what, what we all have to talk about with Overwatch League. I mean, there were some some really good uh, games this last week and some really interesting plays. I mean, we had we saw some like, for example, Shaz from Los Angeles Gladiators. He was like, amazing. Against Shanghai Dragons. I mean, it's Shanghai Dragons, and they're not all that impressive right now. But he had some pretty awesome plays as Zenyatta. I mean, we we got Tai on the Roadhog, and then you got you, you got know, all
1: the Hoko. players. I love them all. They're so good. <laughs> I, I, know. There's, I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's so you many guide good players. So, Gentle I mean, hand.
0: Yes.
2: All right. Well, I think the first thing that I really want to start off with was just. I'm just going to look at, right now, currently, the standings. And I know as we speak, there's another game going on, so I'm not going to incorporate any of that. But if we want to look at the standings, I don't think anyone expected the teams to be where they are. I mean, everyone expected Dynasty you know, and Spitfire to be in the top four. Easily. Seoul, just for you guys who don't know, are top of the league right now undefeated, 3-0. and And then we got Valiant and Spitfire, who are 2-0 and with the tie. So neither of those teams have officially lost. And then we have this middle ground where there's a whole bunch of wins, losses, and ties. And the middle ground that I really want to that I find interesting is like from five to eight, all the teams in there had a bunch of ties. So like Boston Uprising are one and one, which means they had two ties. I mean Gladiators are one and one, so they also had two ties. So there was these a lot of these <clears throat> games that came out to be a lot more uh, Closely matched than we ever expected, and I think looking at this scene number nine, Houston Outlaws number ten, Dallas Field, I think people start might or might start panicking, especially if that's your team, because you know they have these all star rosters, and everyone's like, hey, they're gonna come in and crush them, and then to everyone's dismay for people who root them on, it's it didn't happen, and so.
0: But go ahead. As I said, but with that, I mean Dallas is also—they're not doing like what a lot of the other teams are doing. They're—they're kind of trying to expand their roster out, like what they're playing and stuff like that. They're not necessarily just focusing on certain roles. I mean, they're—they're trying to get good with different things. I mean, there's there's times where you saw people doing stuff that you wouldn't normally see them doing. I agree. I mean, would you? No, I agree
2: completely, and I think especially in the field. There's one thing that I think they need to focus on. So before any Fuel fans out there, before you freak out, I think you really need to realize that their first mistake for the, the Fuel is that they, they're treating every single player on the roster like they're a starter. And as yep. as yep. much as that may be and as much as talent they have on that team, they need to come up with a starting six. And that has to be done. And I think – I really think some of the biggest issues are who, who their healers are. And they're putting in Custa – who I, I like Custa for chips, chips Asian, and I don't think I don't think that should ever be an issue because chips Asian is the one of the best healers in the league. You'd probably put him in the top five, easy. And they need to establish these permanent roles, and then from there they can, you know, expand outwards. But what they're doing is instead of going for like a really wide composition and not very tall. Or a very tall composition, not very wide. You know, tall and wide being the amount of characters you can do or how skilled you are on them going up and down. They're trying to do both. And I think that's where a lot of the problems are. And if they could learn to just choose one and be like, okay, have a smaller hero pool and strategy, but it'd be incredible at those or be really good at just being able to switch to a lot of comps that they can counter other comps. They're trying to do both. And I think... Once they settle down and realize they don't need to be doing that, it'll be fine. I have full faith in them. They have Kai Kai as their coach, who's those of you who don't know. He used to play in Apex, and he was a phenomenal player. So, I think it's a matter of time before they get back on track.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah I, I agree with you. As soon as they as soon as they do that stuff and they they figure out what they're going to go with as their main, we're going to see a, a totally different ball game mm-hmm. coming from
1: Fuel. Sure. Oh, you and your fuel, so, Dallas fuel. Oh, the
2: team envious.
1: You know. hey, look, my look. team will beat you <laughs> all. New York Excelsior will destroy everyone with the Big <laughs> leading the way. Thank you very much. This,
0: this, this guy. This guy. <laughs> well, let's talk about New York. Let's talk about New York. Since you want to bring I'd up your team, I'd love to bring
1: up my team. Can I? Can I bring up my team, Ben? Is that okay? I'll bring you up my team. You can
0: go ahead.
1: All right. So New York Excelsior, right? <laughs> Fully stocked with talent on the DPS aspect. Fully stocked with talent on the healing aspect. Mm. Um, the tanking aspect, you know, they're not the best tanks, but they're they weak. get the job done. All right. So <laughs> I just think that they're just going up and up and up. And I cannot wait to see them versus the big dogs. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've beaten the, the low dogs. They've beaten a lot of the teams that haven't exactly been the best. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them go up against um, Seoul Dynasty, London Spitfire. I'm really excited for that. But for now, they've been just knocking out cra- – they've knocked out Houston Outlaws, which is insane in itself because I didn't think they were going to be able to do that, but they did. And um, yeah, it's looking pretty good.
2: Very um, much so. The one thing I really want to touch on is before I, you know we freak out and think that they're the most amazing group, he's – But Fancy Said was completely correct in the terms that their DPS is completely stacked. They have an incredible, absolutely incredible DPS core. And I think that is where they're going to be trying to win. Because their tank, as much as I love mono guys, he is really just (coughs) a Winston kind of player. And when he has to go other tanks, it's when you really see him struggle. And that's one of the biggest issues I see. And how New York Excelsior, guys, has been winning, it comes down to two things. And it really is these two things. Their positioning and pine. And because they're building their entire team around pine, pine, which is what they should be. You know, he's one of the best McCrees in the league, might be one of the best in the world, actually. And so they know this. And so they're pocketing him. They have their tanks built in a way that when they try to dive on him, they're going to get punished. Those tanks are going to get punished. And that's exactly what they need to do. Uh, I really wanted to talk about. They were playing a team on. Oh Lord. On the well map, on uh, Ilios, and so the, the the one with the big hole in the middle.
1: Mm, and the that other thing was I think.
2: Yeah, they had a Afara. You know, things were going really, really kind of itchy, and they make a retake. And once they had that retake, they had this little little corner that they made for themselves and they had pine in the corner and mercy in a house and then they had a diva right there also to protect and they didn't you know make an open space for themselves they just stayed in that corner and made the team come to them and by the time the team came to them pine had already ripped off multiple headshots on the Farah, and she was done so it already forced right off the bat a res. And right after the rest, they got a kill on the Winston. So they just lost their main tank, and they didn't have Valkyrie. And it completely swung the match in favor. The entire ultimate economy swapped in that one moment. Because all of a sudden, time yeah. has his ult. And although it's a very weak and pro-overwatch because, you know, it's with the tanks as they are and the mobility meta, it's hard to get these lock-ons. But still, we have all these alts. Pine was built up. Mercy was damage boosting him, so she got her alt, and they just stood in that corner and they absolutely decimated. And they didn't get the point retaken back from them, and they just they just won. And that's how they do it. They have great positioning, and they boost Pine.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and Pine had some great plays too, on, and against Houston. I mean, hell, like. Not only that, but I mean, he like swung. He swung so many matches Agreed. in their favor. It's, I mean, he. I agree with you, man. He's he's pretty dope. <laughs> he he's definitely somebody to be worried about. And these teams, when they go against them, really need to figure out what kind of strat's going to work. Because if their placement stays this solid in every match and consistent, it's not going to be easy to get in there. And they're going to have to come up with some new way to get around this and take out this DPS so they can, you know. Take wins from from pines and And I
2: think the biggest issue they're going to have as New York Excelsior because they have such superior DPS. The one thing that will break a a solid DPS core is having good tanks. And uh, so when they go up Mm -hmm. against Dynasty, Dynasty probably has the best tank core in the entire entire league. And when they go up against a core that know how to work together and they know what they're doing. It's not going to be enough to just boost Pine on McCree because he'll be dead before you can even try to boost him. Those...
0: See, see I'm with you on, on those kind of thoughts. Right? So I'm sorry Very I mean good. to cut you off there, but I, I personally, believe no matter how good your DPS is, no matter how good your your support players are, if you have better tanks, you can win. Mm-hmm. Period. Because uh, I just... The tanks, because the, everything is based around where they're positioned. So if your tanks are doing things in the right place, and they're putting their shields in the right place, and their barriers up, and you're able to capitalize as, as a as a DPS, or you're able to use those and heal your team, because I'll tell you right now, when I'm support, it doesn't matter how good the DPS is doing, if the tanks aren't protecting me the right way, I can't get the heals off, and then everything falls apart. And guess what? If the tanks are in the right place, the DPS can't do their job. I mean, in, in a sense, you need everybody to be doing their job, but I personally feel like you can have a mediocre support player and, and a, a decent DPS and still win if your tanks are just better and know where to be. That that's that, From playing, that's what I've picked up from this game. Tanks are key. Very much
2: so. I agree. Fancy, any uh, thoughts?
1: Um, Yeah, I definitely think the tank thing is a definitely big thing um (laughs) goodness i'm just staring here and looking at all the different teams on this roster and i'm just like this is gonna be an epic six months because we get to sit here and watch (laughs) this and i'm just like oh my god this is gonna be amazing so i'm in complete awe at the moment just just thinking about (laughs) it um well i mean thinking
0: about that stuff dude i mean just this first, like the first week alone, it was just insane. I mean, how many, how many people did they have watching? I feel like they had like 400, like thousand people watching it the first week. I think everything was around the numbers were, and I could be wrong. It may have been higher, um, but it was insane. When you think about it, how many people were watching like the first, the first night of the games. And we've already seen so many incredible plays and so many uh, amazing games. And it's only, it's only in the second week. And we've, we have months oh, yeah. of this, so I think we're. And I, I think if anybody who is listening to this podcast, because they want to, you know, be on a team or they want to be better players, like working together in teams, whether you're into esports or not, you should be watching this. If you're an Overwatch player, because the things that these guys do are going to give you ideas of what you should be doing as a team. I mean, I've already learned a few, you know, a few different tactics that I want to try. Based on the matches that we've seen, uh, I think it was—I want to say—might have been Soul and Fuel the first the first night went on Temple of Anubis. Was I think it was them where Soul kept their—they were on defense, but their Widow kept going into where normally you would see the offensive Widow. They'd let the they'd let the attackers get onto the point, and then they would get up. The, and I oh, don't usually when we Fleta. play at our level. Oh yeah, us Yeah. That – I I have I, I've not seen that happen really in any of the games that I ever play in. I've never seen a widow on defense go to where the attacker widow would be and just let them come on to the point and just screw them up because they're so busy trying to deal with the point that that widow is just up there and she's completely out of their range and she's just eating them up. And it was a beautiful tactic and I was just like, wow, okay, this is what we need to be doing with, with our oh widows. <laughs> so, so, I mean, no, but in, in all seriousness, I mean – that's the kind of stuff that you learn and you go, Hey, we can put this into practice with, with our own people. So these guys are like, you know, cutting edge. They're teaching you how to play new, new ways of playing. Cause you know, they, <laughs> cause these guys constantly are fighting against the best players. They have to be thinking, what can we do different? That's going to take them by surprise. So, I mean, so
2: I find it kind of interesting that you brought them up with the soul Fleta. Number one, I think Fleta might be the best DPS in the league right now, hands down. Um, I felt that way since I heard he signed. He's always been good. (laughs) But he's probably one of the best. But one thing in particular that I really want to touch on is why the Korean teams are doing so well right now. Um, And I don't want this to sound badly on anyone else who wasn't, but they just have a deeper understanding of the game. So back in Apex, why the only team that really was able to go up against Apex and only for one year... Was Team Envious, and because they tried to incorporate the same kind of thing, while a lot of the Western and European uh, teams built these rosters around stars, Korean didn't do that. It's they, it's like each individual person was a star at their role, and so they don't have stars. When you were to look at places like Lunatic High, for example, who, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Lunatic High is the Soul Dynasty now, basically. Almost everyone transferred over. And these teams just understand the role of playing as a team. The tanks don't try to go in and make star plays, no. They simply go in and make room for their DPS to win. And their DPS, they don't go in there and try to play heroes. They understand, hey, let my tanks do the heavy lifting. I hit my shots, we win the game. They understand those basic concepts more than you know for example houston outlaws houston outlaws have one of the best dps in jake but jake sometimes goes in and tries to make hero plays and it it, it hurts them and you can look at their record and see that that's not how you're going to win overwatch games and the same thing with london spitfire
0: yeah you know, you know what i think it comes down to the difference between like you said like they it's it's, it's it's part of it's a deeper understanding of the game the other part of it is I don't think that they really care if they if they're the if they have the play mm-hmm. of the game like in a Western culture like you want to be the exactly. star player so like we tend to think that way and like try to do things that we probably shouldn't be doing because we're like oh if I get this I'm gonna look really awesome and that and I'm not saying that's why everybody does it but it's it's just kind of in our our mentality. We want to be the best. So we, we kind of take risks that we shouldn't. And and the Koreans, they, they tend to be a little bit more reserved and they think, okay, listen, we're going to do this. And they take their, they pace themselves better. They definitely pace themselves better in every match. And I think when this league, I think it's definitely going to help more of our teams in the Western culture pick up on that a little bit more and get more into that. And I think we're going to start seeing other, other players doing the same kind of mentality as well as time goes forward. Cause there, it's the only way you can counter that is by being the same way. You can't go crazier and like, well, I got to get this crazy kill and, and beat, you know, solid strategy. You have to come up with solid strategy yourself and be patient. Patience mm-hmm. is key. We're not patient in the West. I mean. <laughs> We're all very, very unpatient.
1: I can actually so- uh, give you a game that is the, Perfect example of this. Um, so you're going to look at the Philadelphia Fusion against the... Um, I want to say it's the Houston... Uh, no, it's the game that they played today, actually. It's the Philadelphia Fusion against... The Shock? Sorry, I'll be, the Shock, yeah. Um, so the Philadelphia Fusion right now is Shadowbird and Carpe. And <laughs> what they're doing at the moment is they are doing old strategies. They're using old strategies. They're not adjusting to the meta that well. They're basically using their personal mechanics to beat the teams that are out here right now. And the Shock did something interesting today. They went ahead and they countered the Philadelphia Fusion. They did a counter dive. And so Shadowburn and Tracer were kind of shut down by a McCree and a Junkrat. So, um, you know, I think... The Western culture needs to learn how to, you know, take advantage of team efforts and, like, try to fix that. Because Philadelphia Fusion lost that map purely on the fact that they didn't switch after it wasn't working. And, um, yeah, just take a look at that match. It's it's a really good match. Um, and you'll see that personal skill sometimes doesn't lead to a victory. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. So, yeah.
2: And, and that kind of leads actually. That's a really good lead into what I really want to talk about is the Los Angeles Valiant. So they are currently ranked number two out of twelve. They are right beneath Dynasty, and they're one above the Spitfire. And to be fair, and I really want to I really want to say this that they haven't really had the big dogs yet. They still haven't yeah. faced Soul. And they still haven't placed the London Spitfire. And this week they have to play Soul once and the Spitfire twice. And so after this week is going to really determine on whether or not I think they're going to be one of these teams that have this grasp and they understand to the play as a team, or if they just have been able to use their skill set to outplay the other team. Because as we've seen time yeah. and time again. It isn't necessarily about personal skill. That's going to be these higher teams like Spitfire, Dynasty, or Excelsior, for that matter. These Korean-based teams. It's going to be the teamwork. It's going to be how well they work as a team. It's going to be can they play off each other? You know, are the DPS going to be able to play off each other? They're going to make the opportunities that the tanks give them and actually take it. And so, I think that's that's going to be my big thing. I want to watch this week is see how the Valiant. Fair when their schedule gets a little tougher. Because anyone can say they're I'm number one or I'm number two if they haven't played the top four teams in the league yet.
0: Yeah, this is true. Very true. And see, like and like again with Dallas, they still I I still feel like they're one of the top four teams. Again, I think it's a lot of it like we were saying earlier, they gotta get their their shit together. They gotta figure out who's gonna be their starters and just, just do that. Stop trying to put everybody in because I mean every time they had like a good push with with certain players, they took those players out and put somebody else in. And I, I'm like, you can't you can't be doing stuff like that because it just changes the whole. You, you got this momentum built up, and then you're like, well, everybody's a star, so let's put them on there. Everybody gets to play. Everybody's a winner. You you can't do that. It just does not work. So I, I want to see Dallas at their best against these you know against these teams too, and I want to see. I want to see F- Fusion. I want to see An- Los Angeles. I want to see what these guys come up with because it's going to be really interesting once they That's do great. play the big dogs. <laughs> so, um, man, it's just so much. There's so many good matches and so many great things. I mean, wh- what else What else do we want to talk I about I think tonight?
2: there are two teams that I think are kind of hitting the panic button. And they're the two teams I agree they should be right now. If If they're not hitting the panic button, now they need to be doing it, and that is Shanghai Dragons and Florida Mayhem. Number one, so let's just start yeah. off very quickly with the Shanghai Dragons. Everyone knew coming in that they weren't going to do that well, <laughs> mainly good. because this team, which is it's from China, obviously they are—they didn't choose their best players. I don't mean that to be harsh, and I don't mean that to be rude. It's just a fact. They—they they, some of their best players weren't even chosen to be on this team. And so they're missing some of their best talent. And so when you're putting that up against, oh, Lord, against any of the American teams or the Korean teams, it doesn't matter who, they're just going to get shredded. Because it would be as simple as as having a bunch of grandmasters going up against some diamonds. It just doesn't matter how well you play as a team sometimes if the other team just massively outranks you. So they need to start thinking right now, how are we going to do this? Who are we going to pick up? How are we going to change our team so that we can adapt? And the other team... Florida mayhem. Lord, they have some great players, but they're limited in the fact that having only six players on their team that only know a very small role selection, they're in trouble. You know, Tavik, great player, really love him, great Genji. But, man, it's not like you can just expect him to switch over to Junkrat and play amazing because he just doesn't. And I think Florida needs to realize this right now. That, hey, if we're going to make an actual contention and we're not going to be the joke of the league, then we need to start playing together. We need to pick up some people who can change the game. And we need to play our own game. And we need to start doing that now. Uh,
0: thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I, I agree. I mean, going into this, we, we talked about this, that we knew Florida was going to be having issues because they only had six players. Right there and that, and we knew that that was going to be a problem. Um And it's just – it's killing them. It's killing them because they don't have people to switch out. And like you said, they don't really have people that that can flex as hard as some of these other teams. Um, And and they need that. They need some players that are strong and can flex if they're going to be anything in this competition. And I'd like to see Florida do well. I happen to be living down in Florida. I may be from Texas and a fan of Dallas and and Houston, but I, I have a little bit of love in my heart for some Florida mayhem as well. And I would like to see them do much better. Um, so I agree, with you 100. percent Who do you think that when, when it comes around, like who the people that are, the pros that aren't on the that aren't on a team yet, who do you think Florida should probably try to go for? What do you think that they need the most, and what players do you think that they that they should try to get that could bring it to their wow. team?
2: Wow. Okay. So I this might sound a little controversial because he hasn't played in a little bit. There was a controversy before Overwatch League started with a guy named DeFran. He was, perfect, he was toxic, and boy, he was throwing on live stream, and he got banned pretty hardcore before the Overwatch League was even created. And he was banned from the Overwatch League for like the first 30 games or so. And it's maybe a little late by then, but I think picking up DeFran would be an absolute... Absolute cha- game-changing thing. He hasn't played um, in a while, obviously, so it would take him some time to get back into the pro setting to realize what it's like. You know, it's different than solo queuing, of course. But he was a game changer on DPS. He was an amazing soldier. He was an amazing tracer, and both of them can be played in this meta. And I think that's exactly what they need right now: is they need a game changer. Number two, they need a solid mm-hmm. tank that can switch to med- that can switch between Anarisa into winston and i think if you add those two things everything else will start falling into place i don't expect them to win anything anytime soon but i think that's exactly what they need to start doing and the problem with waiting mm-hmm. as long as they did yep. was that there's not that many great tanks out there still left maybe they can go for fact fiction yeah. he never got oh picked yeah up.
1: Fact fiction. Love so that i gannic. think
2: i think he would be a great he used to play for rogue I think he'd be a great way, great person to pick up. He was very good at Winston and played a decent Rhine, and could easily pick up the uh Orisa skill. So I think if they're really searching and they're have their heads on straight, that's who they pick up.
0: Okay, I agree. Now, what what about Shanghai? What do you think I they think should go for? This
2: it sounds brutal. They need to do a complete
0: roster overhaul.
2: Uh, it sounds brutal, but MG. <laughs> their tank is not cutting it. I think you keep Undead, you keep Roshan and maybe Dia. And then everyone else you cut back. Undead is clearly their best player. He's their, for those who don't know, he's the DPS. He focuses uh, Widowmaker. He's not the best by any means, but he's the best on the team. And he can at least, he's at least someone that other teams realize, hey, if we want to beat this team, we just got to pay attention to him at the very least.
0: I think that's huge. I think they really – Yeah. Well, as we are saying, again, like we said earlier, if they don't have good tanks, then the DPS can't do anything anyway. So we probably can't even – we probably don't even – know. we probably haven't even seen all that Mm -hmm. he can do because his team just isn't created. You know? I mean, who knows what he could actually do if he had the right people in the right place on his team. It's it's – it's true, I, I hate
2: to sound this but I have a guy named MG. I just I just don't see him at this this level. And I don't know what what it is. It's not that his mechanical skills that bad. It's just I see him make bad decisions constantly. And I don't think you need that kind of mindset on the team. You can you can no, fix you mechanics can. to an extent, but you can't fix stupid thinking. Yeah.
0: This is true. So, so, wait, wait. Are you saying I'm screwed again? Because Mario told you i got to work on my placement. And my, my thing, are you telling me I oh, can't fix yeah. that?
2: <laughs> so, I was once told by someone less smarter than me, he goes, he's talking about healing and healing the tank, because <laughs> I was a tank man and I was, I was learning. Someone told me, we can heal damage. We can't heal stupid. And it stuck with me ever <laughs> since because it's true. If you're running in there, which is somewhat what you see with Shanghai Dragons is, their tanks just run in there before the team's ready and they just get <laughs> obliterated and it's not a matter of well I need healing, they can heal damage, they can't heal stupid and that's our point okay, they're doing stupid yeah. things
0: I, I think that's going to be my new motto, <laughs> listen any, any time a player when I'm, when I'm playing and it's like some rando and he's like I need healing I'll be like I can heal damage, I can't heal your exactly. stupidity <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna. That's gonna be my new motto. Every time I'm playing heels, I'm telling you, man. I like that. I um, like that.
2: fancy Do so, you have any teams right. that you wanted to speak about?
1: Um. So yeah, teams definitely. to watch out for at the moment. There. You're talking about this middle ground, right? Yeah. It's. It's really really exciting. Agreed. Um. There's so many different teams that can just take over now, right? Because you you you're thinking your Dallas Fuel, your Houston Outlaws. They are not doing as well as they should be doing. So Agreed. it's pretty much anyone's game at the moment. Check out Philadelphia Fusion. That team is going to make some waves. They're they're doing they're doing very well. I've been watching them as of recently, and they haven't played against the big guys yet. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do and how they get farther into the league. Because I think they need to fix, figure out some things. But once they get going, dude, they're going to be hard to beat. That, in, in that your, duo is really difficult to kill. I, I um I was
2: gonna say in your opinion,
1: why do you think that team's doing so well? It's because of Carpe and Shadowburn. Mm, agreed. Oh man. That that duo is absolutely outstanding. You get a good tracer and a good Genji, and you just go for it. Oh man. Oh, if you can't gosh. handle it, then you can't handle it. You know, they're like lightning. And then you have um Fraggy on the Winston, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that man is insane. Absolutely. Um,
0: uh, I'll tell you you know what's really I mean at our level anyways, what's a really good thing to, what I hate dealing with is a Genji and a tracer good one because I, you know I start off with Zen, I'll switch over to Moira. If there's a tracer or a Genji, I can usually handle them as Moira. But if there's two of them, I'm screwed. And if you throw a Moira on the enemy team, I'm deaf the Moira, the Genji and the tracer are like no, we're destroying you. Uh, they just completely obliterate the back lines. I think we might see start seeing more of that because you're starting to see Moira being played a little bit more. And I think that with the with that three, you can really do a lot of damage to mm. so a backline. Very true. A lot of damage, and I mean right now, like whenever I do, whenever we do two CPs, uh, that's one of the things that I see that tends to cause the most problems at our level, anyways, is when the other team is running the Genji, the Tracer, and a because they just completely obliterate one by one back line, and then all you have left are the tanks and the And then they're gone too. So I I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff in here. And you're probably right. That's probably why they're able to do so well is because they have a really strong duo that really, they seem to really sync with each other and really know where to be.
1: They do. They've they've been playing together for quite a long time. Yes. A while. Um,
0: Yeah. so, (laughs) So
1: it, it works out. I'd like to continue on with my lovely spiel of saying what teams to look out for. Los Angeles Valiant, you gotta watch out for them. They're doing incredibly well. We'll see how they do. Um, San Francisco Shock is another one that you always want to keep an eye on. Boston Uprising, they're 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 doing well. Um, I don't know how well they're doing, but you know they're they're a team that can easily easily blow your mind because you don't know them. <laughs> it's a totally new team all hmm. the people on that team i don't know most of the names so
2: you have to watch I mean, out for
1: striker striker
2: yeah. played in the apex he was very good and he's pretty much going to be their hard
1: carry if they're going to win anything so yeah it's, it's 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 a really interesting time for in overwatch it's it's an interesting time to be playing and watching overwatch like there's no better time to be playing and watching at the moment um, so I'm really invested. Like people have been trying to get me to play other games, and I'm just like, no, sorry,
0: too invested. I know. I, 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 keep telling people in our in our clan, you know, like like Iron. Iron's been trying to get me to play Smart. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe tomorrow, and <laughs> I never get on. Like I, I am so addicted to Overwatch. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's a really,
2: uh, cr- really great just- game. The Overwatch League is so much fun to watch. And a quick thing I want to talk. You yes. mentioned the San Francisco, San Francisco Shock. And they've run – so far they've run the exact same setup with Nevix and Nami on their tank, Sleepy as their uh, main healer, and then Dak as their off healer. And then they would run Baby Bay and Dante. And Baby Bay is – he's always been a personal favorite. Uh, He used to play on NRG back when that team was still around. Baby Bay was their soldier main, and then he was also their healer in Zarya of – believe it or not. So he's playing DPS on this team, but he was actually never a DPS main. And then... That's hilarious. What you don't see, though, and they haven't played, is IDDQD famous for his I haven't seen IDDQD. You're right. I haven't seen him since preseason. Exactly. They haven't pulled him out. And this is so important. Sinatra plays on the San Francisco Shock. He's not eligible to play yet. Once he turns 18, he'll be eligible. But watch out. Because when Sinatra comes back, he is probably the one of the best tracers out there right now. And I'd say watch out to everyone because watch Sinatra and Baby Bay or Sinatra and IDDQD. You get these DPS that start going in and out. And all of a sudden, you're not just going to be able to counter one of them because you're going to have all of them going at you. I'm, I'm calling it yeah. right now. I think they're going to be the first team that goes with three of their DPS starting lineup. I really think they're going to try it.
1: With the three D P S, yes, might and they might be yeah,
0: able
1: to pull maybe. it
0: off too, maybe. So, well, let me let me. I and then we talked about Dallas and why why we think they're not performing to their to their speed. We we talked a little bit about Miami and Shanghai and what they need to do and our thoughts about who they should or who they should be looking at recruiting. But you know, who we didn't talk about about what why they're doing wrong or what needs to happen. Houston, we didn't actually go into. it. We talked about that they're not performing at where they should be. But, Vin, why do you think that they're not performing where they should be? So,
2: I think, and this is going to sound a little bad, that they kind of have a similar idea going on with the Dallas deal and that they have these players that they're kind of acting like each one of them should start and that's just not a reality they need to be doing. I think the second thing that they're having issues with is they're not listening to their call-out boy, Jake. Jake is, not only is he one of the best DPS, he's known for his call-outs because he's just, he's a strategist while he plays. He's, he has this calming effect with his team and they listen to him so well. But these last couple of games, he, uh, he announced this later in an interview after one of their latest boss, that the, the team just wasn't operating well right now and they weren't listening well to each other. And I think that biggest thing is then you start listening to Jake again. Uh, for those who don't know, they have Cool Mat, uh, one of the best divas out there. And they have Mooma as a tank as well. I love Mooma. I love Cool Matt. I think they should be the starters. Then they have Spree, who is a lot of people like him. Not my not my cup of tea, because when Spree comes in, that means Cool Matt's coming out. And I think any time in point that you have Cool Mat who's not in the game, you're asking to lose the game. Then they have a bunch of DPS. And besides Jake, I don't think you should ever pull Jake because of what his presence on the team does. And then if you want to go off of Pierre you of Lynxer who is, oh, oh, boy, he's phenomenal. His tracer is outstanding, and his Widowmaker is probably good enough to go up against uh, Fleta. So he's very great, but they're not working well together right now, and they're not deciding who their top
1: six is, and that's their biggest issue. You know, I I have to – I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you there. I don't think Linkser is the best tracer. I got to be honest. They don't have a really good tracer besides Clockwork, and honestly, Clockwork has not been performing, which is very sad because that's the name of our team.
2: (laughs) 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 You have a good point. I don't think Linkser has the best tracer. But he's – when you have him and Jake together – I think that any team is going to put so much effort into countering Jake that your other DPS is going to look better.
0: Yeah. yeah that's not true. No, no, I wanted to ask you real quick. So for Dallas and Houston, do you do you think the reason why they're having such issues with who their starting six is is because all the players, maybe they have too big of egos, or do you think it's because the, the coaches and the owners don't really know who – they won as their starters yet. Like, what do you think it is? You think it's the players? Or you think it's the 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 leadership? Like I the honestly
2: think it's the players, and I think it could all be fixed by one thing. It's going to sound stupid, really stupid, but it's getting the tanks in place. You got to set your tanks in place. Mm-hmm. You got to get them to communicate well with each other. You got to get them to play off each other. If your tanks carry the games, you're going to win. I, you know, we can talk about yeah. why sold is so great and why. Is the best DPS in the league but would he really be the best DPS if he didn't have two of the best tanks always making space for him would he really exactly no
0: no he wouldn't I, they, yeah. and they're
2: they're so they're so, just asking too much of Jake right now in not having the, d- the the tanks to support him and both these teams are doing it same yeah. with the Dallas field right now they have the tanks to do it they have good tanks XQC you know they have Coco. they should be able to, to be to be carrying these games mickey but they're just they are not communicating well in both these teams once they learn to communicate well as tanks i think everything else falls into place
0: yeah so the key to this listeners is if you want to win overwatch either be a really good tank or make sure you queue up with a really (laughs) good tank (laughs) because otherwise you're gonna lose no (laughs) i'm just kidding but no, but in, in seriousness, I agree. Like we, we've, we're going to beat that into a dead horse probably in this episode and every other episode that tanks win games. They really do. Uh, I mean, that's why a few seasons back you had the tank meta, you know, like I, th- because it was, tanks are just so damn overpowered in this game. It does not matter how accurate you are if I got a shield block mm-hmm. in your bullets and, I got, and, I, and my team's right placement behind my shield throwing damage at you. And your tank's not doing what my tank's doing for me. <laughs> it's, it's it's just that to simple.
2: What it kind of does in Overwatch is like comparing them to football. Let's say we were playing a football game. Tanks are the lining. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. It doesn't matter how good your running back is or your wide receiver is if you don't have blocking up front. And it's the same kind of thing with tanks. If you don't have them making space for well, you, it doesn't matter how good your stars are. They won't be able to do anything without it.
0: I would say that Ryan, Diva, and Roadhog are probably your linemen, and then you got your uh your diva and your Winston are more like linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I, that's that's really what it is. I mean they're the they're the guys that put the pound in on, on, on the other team and protect you while doing it. So and then you got your your healers, which are basically your quarterbacks <laughs> and your DPS are your receivers and your running backs. Pretty true. <laughs> so so, and, and you know what, if, if people actually looked at this game and com- and compared it in a sense to, like, actual sports, like, you know, football and stuff like that, and, and take those, like, kind of concepts and probably mentally put that in, in perspective in this game, it might actually help them learn to know where everybody's exactly. place Because right now, you you, you got tanks that want to run in and DPS, you know, when they shouldn't be. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're a tank. Well, I got gold kills. That's not okay. <laughs> like, unless you're like a diva, it's really not okay. You know, like you shouldn't you shouldn't be having gold kills as a ryan. You shouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying ryan can't be putting the heat on her, but he just should not be having gold kills if he's doing exactly. his job right and giving his dps the opportunity to to do their job. So, and this is you know, again, if you got really terrible dps, it may not matter if you're carrying as a ryan. But in general. If you have the stronger tanks, you will win. So, uh, stronger, stronger defensive line, stronger offensive line. Whoever's yeah, look at in football, whatever, whatever lineup. You know, your offensive line. If they hold the the defense better, your offense mm-hmm. is going to crush. If the defense is able to just plow through your 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 O line, who's going to win? Who's going to get the sack? Your your your, your defense team. So. Again, like I said, that 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 concept really needs to be applied in people's minds when they're playing this game, and then you take in like the military strategic aspect of it and add it in there too, so because there is a lot of strategy. I think I think we covered I a think lot you tonight. That topic um, to a dead
1: horse. Uh, yes, yeah, so much I think we did. Thanks. I, Win. I'm, I'm good. Got at it. I'm- Got it. <laughs> All right.
0: Also also fancies win games. make sure you have fancies on your team <laughs>
1: Yeah you've got to be styling guys. Um, <laughs> but I think I like that yeah it's a good topic to end on you know we are a team based podcast and that could be our lesson for today. Um, you know make sure your tanks are communicating well and they have good synergy because I know for a fact that's our biggest problem on my team we don't have that mm-hmm. off tank that we need. We don't have a dedicated off tank. And there's when we do have our dedicated off tank, he's not there enough to build that synergy. So, and, you know, if you look at Vin's team, they do have that. They wreck us every time because they have the better tank line. Um, oh, yeah. And so that's just something to take oh, away. Yeah. Um, so definitely, if you're looking for good tank lineups, watch the Soul Dynasty. They have a really good lineup. Um, mm-hmm. London Spitfire's got a pretty good. Tank setup as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, those two watch for now, and then I'll tell you if uh, Dallas Fuel and Houston Nutlaws get their sh- shit together and start to become better tanks. But um, yeah, there you go.
0: I have to agree with that. So again, I want to apologize to anybody who's listening to this. We are sorry that we've been gone for a few weeks. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, the holidays were a little hard. But we are here, we are back, and we do want to do more podcasts. So we hope that you guys enjoy these. And I think I'm good. You guys good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you guys for joining me tonight. I'm glad we're finally doing this again. It makes me happy, brings me joy, makes me want to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you guys have a good night. Everybody listening, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a good night. hope we taught you something or that you learned something new. And you can take it and apply it with your own friends or your own teams. All right. Good night. Good night.